0: I reached the point where the pain of eating was greater than the emotional pain I was trying to kill, and I gave up the compulsive eating. God took care of me by giving me a program to deal with that pain. After many years, I still use the same tools. I go to meetings, read the literature, associate with recovering people, work the steps, and get down on my knees and ask God every night to keep me abstinent. That comes from Overeaters Anonymous Second Edition, page 133. And our first speaker today is Sherry i
1: I'm
2: Sherry, I'm a compulsive over Hi, Sherry. I came into OA uh, December 24th, 1984, and um, I've never left. I've been in almost 20 years, and um, I uh, have a 55-pound weight loss, and I do have a... a Recommitted committed, uh, absence of six years, I'll explain that later. And I uh, came in at 39 and I'm 58 years old now and those are the statistics. I just, I'd just like to just get an idea who I'm talking to. I can hear my remarks a little better. It, just raise a hand. Is there any people in here who've been in the program less than a year? Okay, less than six months? Okay. Uh, I'm going to speak on four of the tools, food plan, writing, service, and sponsorship. Ella is going to speak on the other four, and Darius is going to speak on all of them. I'm going to begin with food plans. My food plan has changed a lot over the years. Um, when I came in in 84, I guess old the time remember, we had the dignity of choice back then, and um, there was the original one. And I just chose a food plan out of that. It was about three meals and nothing in between and um the problem of it is, is that I you know I started off fine you know the, the new abstinence and I was very abstinent, and everything was fine you know first year or whatever and then you know I started chipping away at it you know a bite at a time and the problem of it is, is I just wanted to be too flexible like uh, uh if there was something that I wanted to eat or I wanted more food I just changed my food plan and on the spot you know to accommodate myself and um, and I know I was told, you know, that we weren't supposed to include sugar foods or um, binge foods or, you know, the foods that you have trouble stop eating. I just ignored it, you know. And I, I know I even read that someplace. We weren't supposed to do that. But I just kind of ignored that. So, um, and, and I conveniently chose sponsors that I could still stay in denial with like I had a sponsor and we just didn't talk about food you know she she was great with spirituality and helped me with that a lot and I just uh avoided talking about my problems with food I had another sponsor who had 10 sponsees and the the method with her was to catch up with her leave a message on voicemail and by the time I heard back from her it was just very easy just to have mentioned the problems with food so and believe me this was my doing these sponsors were good, they had skills, they were absent, they could have helped me, but I'm sure, so this was, you know, how I avoided it, and um, so eventually I had lots of slips, you know, and I had a few relapses, and um, the only thing I admitted to that I couldn't have any was sugar, but there were other foods, believe me, that I really couldn't have any either, and I wasn't, you know, going to admit to those, and so I I kept trying to have them, and, um, you know, I never gained all my weight back. Uh, you know, I had lost 55 pounds, but I, I never went all the way back up to the top, but I never got to go away right either. And this went on for about 13 and a half years. This is what I did. And it got worse, as progressive diseases do. I had started in Southern California and moved up to Northern California, where I live now um, on the peninsula in Belmont. And, you know, this is near San Francisco. I, I couldn't, I needed a sponsor. Um, I couldn't find one. I was having a lot of trouble finding one. And I knew I needed someone good, I mean, for me. I was getting up every day and saying, I'm going to do it right today, you know, hitting someplace by lunch and way overeating, maybe even binging. And this is what it didn't come to. And I was in program. So, no matter how meetings, many meetings I went to, no matter how spiritual I got, I, it wasn't enough, so I found a sponsor, and she was working the how concept part of OA, and um, she offered me the food plan, I didn't think I wanted it, I was afraid it'd be like a diet, I was afraid it wouldn't be enough food, I was afraid I'd be hungry, and none of that's good either, you know, I knew my way wasn't good, but I knew the other wasn't going to be a good idea either, however, I tried it, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I had plenty of food. I I began to weigh my food, which was really good for me. I liked it. It was reassuring. I do it, you know, until today. I've been on the same food plan for six years now. And um, it's easy to weigh the food. It's reassuring. And that food plan eliminated all those foods I was having problems with. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I thought it would make my life miserable. (laughs) but actually I was making my life miserable I was making it very hard I was fighting with the food daily and uh, what happened now is that you know as they say it's an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind and I eliminated the foods which my body was allergic to to which I was addicted to more or less and the foods I couldn't eat a normal portion of And then my body stopped craving them and my mind stopped obsessing over them and it was the best thing that ever happened to me my life got easy I got to maintenance on that food plan I've been on maintenance for four years this is this is the miracle um I'm sorry uh five years I've been in that program for six years and I've been to maintenance for five so I've been at the same weight for five years this has never happened to me I got to goal weight And I've never maintained or been at the same weight for five years in my life so that's a miracle and it's plenty it's a very broad food plan the uh, maintenance food plan so broad that I can't have all the foods I have some trigger foods on that food plan which I can't even include so that that worked for me and um, that's my story on food plan and what I want to talk about now is sponsorship I've had the same sponsor for six years. I stayed with her and uh, she sponsors perfectly for me. She gave me a time, an appointment to call, and uh, we talk for 15 minutes every day. We can talk longer on weekends, and um, I have an exact time to call, and I know she's there for me, and I can call other times if I have an emergency, but this was very important, this appointed time. It's like... Um, a connection out there, you know, and it's like a connection with my higher power. I have a connection with a human being who cares what I eat today. And I know there's someone out there, and that is so important to me. See, that that I'll catch catch up with me and we'll catch up with each other doesn't work. It's not strong for me. It's too vague. This is strong. Uh, I'm so important to her that she's going to be there every day at the time I'm supposed to call, no matter what. And, and that's just, that helped my abstinence. And what do we do with those 15 minutes? I, uh, I tell her I commit my food for the day and we um, talk about yesterday. Well, we don't talk about food much anymore. It's not about food so much after a while, but I talk about my life, you know, what I'm, ha- what I'm dealing with. Um, and, uh, and I read her my writing. There is a writing assignment every day, not a long one. I, there's about a 20 minute reading and writing assignment a day and I read to her what I wrote and um, that's what we do and um, she's uh, uh, you know taught me a lot about sponsoring and I've been able to pass that on and she's a friend but you know she's more than a friend she she helps me remember the two rules and the steps of the program uh, I've grown a lot as a sponsor and I think my relationships in my whole life have improved from what I've learned in sponsoring and um, I you know they have helped me with my character defects too I've learned so much I used to you know I used to be threatened by a person that didn't share my opinions if we didn't have the same opinions, how could we be friends and um, I learned that you know I can sponsor people and like them and love them and respect them and we may have very different opinions in life, you know? We, they may not even do things the way I think is the right way in, in their life. And it's none of my business as long as they're working the program, you know? That's all my, that's doing it, that's my business. And my sponsor taught me, you know, not to advise them like what to do with their husband, their children, this, that, but to bring the back to the program, always. Just, you know, only suggest in terms of, you know, what the program would say to do what steps to use what tools to use what principle of the program so I always try to keep it to that and um if a sponsor is having a lot of uh, a problem with you know a problem and they start coming out of the phone you know to ask them to write about it my sponsor taught me that so that they're not all over the place you know and there's no clarity there and it's so much easier to have them write about it read it to you the next day and then they can come to a solution um much easier that way and you know my and and, and that's you know what I've ta- been taught to do and I pass it on to, to sponsors I have to remain um you know humble as a sponsor here I'm giving out all kinds of suggestions on you know how to live but uh, <laughs> I'm not to become egotistical and I am to remain humble and to tell them my shortcomings too so that always helps to keep balance that way It's just inspiring, you know, to work with people who work so hard to to change and to come out of denial and to become honest. And it's just very inspiring. And I love it. I think it's one of the most important things I I do in life. The third two I want to talk about is writing. Uh, How much more time do I have? That's okay. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Writing. Uh, you know that the structure and the how concept program has been very good for me it, it forces me to, um, to to use my tools you know I mean I always kind of wrote when I needed to but not every day and now I do and in this program um, the first thing that you do the first 30 days is there's 30 questions and they're about compulsive overeating and you answer one question a day and you read that answer to your sponsor on the phone you then do the fourth step it's 170 questions thank you it's 170 questions and um, not to get scared when I saw it but because some of them are just yes no questions my sponsor just said write 20 minutes a day if you answer one question, fine. If you answer seven, fine. And I read that to her. And, uh, and this wasn't the first time, you know, I had gone through the steps, of course, you know, having been in program already 13 and a half years when I got there, I had done them. But that's okay. It's good to go through them over and over. The 6th uh, through 12th step, the way I was taken through those was, again, questions uh, referred to the books, you know, the OA and the AA steps, and then to answer questions about them. And then maintenance questions when I got to maintenance. Uh lots of questions about those referred me to program books and answering questions. Um the tenth step outline taken from the big book has provided a lot of writing for me. She, she um, you know, taught me that when I had a problem at work, for example, with someone or a person in life, to write about them and to state the problem, you know, what they did and how I felt, and my um, what it affected in me, my part, um, what I could do differently, and then the ending part, dear God, you know, what I could pray for. The most important partner was my part, and this this. This almost changed my life, you know, to, to say it rather dramatically. But this might be the biggest thing I've ever learned in program, to see my part. Because I never did. This, th- w- I always focused on what they did to me, how awful it was. And I would just be so angry and, you know, victimized from it. And I would just be focused on it, you know, what they did. And, 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 and just totally, you know, into that part. And I never really saw my part. And then I would be writing about it and I'd finally get there. And undoubtedly, in every, you know, occasion, I had a part in it. And sometimes, mostly, usually, a bigger part than I had thought I had. And and that was where my real growth began. Because until I could see my part, um, (laughs) I couldn't make any changes and I couldn't have any growth. So that's been really important for me using the 10th step outline writing. And she taught me to pray for the people that I had a problem with that I resented. And sorry, I, I got so sick of writing about a couple people at work, you know.
1: <laughs>
2: the minute I felt a resentment coming out, I started praying for them, praying for them, because if I could get rid of it, I wouldn't have to write about them, you know. And I swear I had a file on them, you know, in my phone. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: you
2: <yeah. laughs> it helped. I guess that was the point point. and my last tool that I'm going to speak about is service and this is the one I am the most passionate about and that's because that's the reason why I'm probably still here today you know and I, I told you I came in almost 20 years ago and um, I was fortunate because um, one of those sponsors I talked about was a real service junkie and she made me be a speaker getter of this very large meeting in Long Beach. It had a hundred people there because I started the program in Southern California. And um, I had only been in the program a year, and then I had to get speakers that had long-term abstinence. This was a big meeting with a big abstinence requirement, and I had to call these people. And, you know, I got, they, they, they look for you when they get to the meeting. And they have to connect with you. And, you know, I kind of made a friend, you know and um, I was already kind of sticking with the winners not realizing even what that saying was yet and they were my role models and I swear I still see them today you know 20 years later they've been in even longer and I've run into some of them today and they've come up in Southern California and it's so exciting and what I've learned is that the people that stay in for life into this program, which is I I think the purpose, the the, the plan, and and get to a weight they're comfortable with, a healthy weight that they're comfortable with, and maintain it, and are happy, joyous, and free, are the people that do a lot of service. So that you know, that's my observation. I haven't seen a lot of research on it, but you know that I know it's worked for me because. Um, there were times I wasn't abstinent and um, I, I did things that helped me get abstinent and one of them I set in on intergroup meetings. I mean, no, you can't vote. Maybe you can't hold an office, but you can go to an intergroup meeting and just attending it helped me get abstinent because I, I became part of it, you know. And um, what, that early sponsor, I told you, about, she took me to my first intergroup meeting when I was in about a year or so. Just come on, this is fun, you know, we're going to have fun. And we went, and, you know, it was fun, though, because it was filled with people who really care about OA. And there was a lot of energy in the room, and that was fun to me. And I was elected to be eventually, uh, to go to Region 2 Assembly, and then I was elected to be a, a, a World Service Business Conference Delegate, and I did that in the early 90s for two years And I did it again the last two years I went back to it the last two years Um, and um, that was a a real important part of my uh, recovery and um, it it, it was just an awesome experience for me because I sat there with hundreds of uh, our people from all over the world and it it was just very powerful for me Um, it gave me chills you know I just felt very connected and very bonded and to realize that I am part of a worldwide fellowship, and all these people that care so much about OA, and um, you know, I'm thinking, And uh, you know, it's a good place too to work out my character defects because you know I don't really like people to disagree with me. You know, I really don't. And I sat there, and a lot of people disagreed with me a lot, and you know I sat there though and I must have like developed an open mind or something in this program because I actually listened to them and um, I changed my mind I actually voted differently and I'm not like that I usually have my mind set and um and then don't like anyone to say anything differently but I went there and I changed my mind I voted differently than the way I thought I was going to vote so it's really helped me with character defects serving at world service It's, it's been important for me for that reason um anyway i i just i see people's abstinence really help by working on conventions by um you know by by all of these things and um i just i just uh I've realized through doing all the service at these levels that I've made so many friends and program I know so many people it's been awesome at this I've seen people I haven't seen like in almost 20 years and I still recognize them and um, it, it's just a wonderful feeling it fills me up and I know that I would never leave I mean I've had slips I've had relapses but I think the thing that kept me in was knowing all these people they were my family how can I leave them and then being just so connected to this program it is such an important part of my life. How can I read? And, and so, you know, and if we stay, I mean, eventually, no matter what, long enough, you know, we are going to get the miracles of the program and the promises. Uh, so just keep coming back. Thanks.
0: And our uh, next speaker is Ella.
3: (coughs) So do we need to stand behind this for the taping? You think so? Oh, okay. I am always I always feel kind of shielded. My name is Ella. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm from Oakland, California. And I'm glad to see you guys here today. Uh, When they asked me to share, I said, well, I knew I could speak about the tools because the tools are really practical and you don't have to be highly evolved to use them. And um, not that that means anybody else isn't, but I didn't have to be, you know, some kind of spiritual giant. (laughs) And... um, there was no way to say I was working the tools badly because how can you you know if you're lifting up the telephone if you're opening up a book if you're at a meeting you're working the tools so simple um so I'm going to speak a bit on um, literature meetings telephone and anonymity and I started to think well you know what are the tools why would I use the tools and um You know, evidently, I use the tools to to complete some kind of job, to do some kind of work. What is my work? You know, my work is to work the program. And, you know, people always said these things like work the program, work the steps. That's kind of vague. But the tools, very clear. So I came in uh, to program 22 years ago. And believe me, I didn't want to be in program. I didn't like the idea of it. But... As I've come to tell people, especially about the tool of meetings, you know, if you don't, if you like overeating more than you like meetings, then, yeah, (laughs) if overeating is less unpleasant than meetings, then you should continue overeating. But, I mean, since I could figure out that at least going to meetings was not as unpleasant as overeating, so therefore, it was okay. I could still go. Um, So... What was happening to me is really I didn't have a clue the first step you know that I was powerless over food I could understand that intellectually but the rest of the steps made no sense to me and what I began to see is here's where the tools kicked in and I wanted to read something I read in the in a story in the big book about meetings it said the meetings put a me in my life I know had longer had to be alone fellowship and activity kept me coming back long enough to work the 12 steps. And that's from a great story called Gutter Bravado and it's from page 510. And so the fact of the matter is I came in here and I kind of had that first step that um, I had no power over food, I was powerless over food, my life was unmanageable. Those two things were very clear to me. Faith in a higher power, are you kidding? Uh, Turning my life and my will over to a power greater than myself? Are you kidding? A fearless and moral inventory? I mean, please, surely you must be joking. So I think the thing was that I went to a meeting, and even though I didn't like the meeting, what I heard at the meeting was that somebody who had eaten the way I ate had stopped. And this was early enough that we had speakers coming from a lot of places and people usually with very, very um, profound weight loss. So there were a lot of people with pictures of themselves at 400 pounds in a muumuu, and now they were standing up there, you know, looking normal. And that was extremely impressive to me. And so um, I felt like what I could see is that somewhere meetings began to give me a sense of step two that is I didn't have faith in a, that a higher power could restore me to sanity but I had evidence that a higher power restored you to sanity and this was really really important because the more I kept coming to meetings the more I had to believe and um at that first meeting what happened was they had a raffle and they raffled off literature and I had never won a raffle of any kind ever in my life and the first night you know they said well you want to buy a raffle I said okay and I won the big book and everybody's very excited look the newcomer won the big book very excited and um So, you know, I won it in the raffle. What could I do? I went home and I read it. And um, I, I don't know how many of you have, you know, read the big book, but um, very, very powerful, the doctor's opinion and that chapter more about alcoholism because perhaps like you, I had sought a lot of help uh, for my eating. I would sought it from diet doctors. I sought it, sought, sought it. Thought it from various kinds of uh, therapists, you know, starting with your standard shrink. And then I had moved to California, so you can imagine there was a lot of good stuff in the Bay Area. A lot of people with really a lot of great ideas about overeating. And then there were a lot of theories, you know. There was what we used to call thin within and stout without. But anyway, <laughs> there was thin within and there was, you know, the eat all you want um, because then you'll get sick of that food. There was the one bowl food, and I, I don't know, they just hadn't counted on the size of the bowl. You know, <laughs> it was like, like nobody specified what size bowl. Okay, so um, I had a lot of experience analyzing and trying different ways to control my weight. But look what they said in the big book. They said, you're an addict. You know, you have a disease. You're not eating because your mother did this, or your dad did that, or, you know, my favorite, I'm unloved, and therefore I must eat. And, um, and um, so that, that um, they just kept on telling me that this is what happened. You know, this is why you're eating. And that was like a light bulb. I think that this was like the most profound thing that ever happened to me was reading those words that I no longer had to blame myself, that I no longer had to punish myself, and that I no longer had to look for an answer in me as to why I was doing this. And I started reading that big book. You know, and I have plenty of issues about the style it was written in and, you know, the male pronoun and all that, caca. but, you know, I think it's just the same. Is overeating, you know, less disturbing to you than seeing God referred to as he in a book that was written in 1935. It's, you know, you want to drop the book because this is there and pick up, you know, the pound of, the pound bag of whatever and the gallon of that. Fine, go ahead. You know, and so this was really important because it showed me something so profound. You know, here were these meetings with these people that I thought were kind of creepy. Here was this book written in this style that I, an English major, you know, really found abhorrent, and yet it was doing something for me. It was helping me, and and I think in that sense, again, it was giving me faith that these people who had been in the gutter recovered, and I had to hear that. You know, I didn't need to hear about how, you know, Miss, so-and-so, you know, went on the Weight Watchers diet and now she made these, you know, banana yogurt shakes and she could, you know, really, and she was, you know, doing a great job. That didn't help because I just didn't find that person very believable and I couldn't do that. But these people had been rolling around in the gutter and they worked this program, they prayed, and this happened. And still to this day, when I'm feeling low... I read the stories in the big book nothing else makes me have more hope and I don't know if you don't have that fourth edition it is great it has really good stories in it and um and I used to know reading the OA stories read the grapevine you know I really like reading the literature and I like that format I want to hear people's experience strength and hope I know a lot of times people say well I don't want to talk about what it was like But believe me, what it was like is what makes it worth it to be here now. Because sometimes it's really hard to, you know, work the program. And sometimes you go to meetings and you don't hear anything you really like. Or sometimes you get a phone call and somebody's kind of whining. Or you call somebody and they say, well, have you prayed about it? Have you gotten down on your knees? Have you written? I suggest that you do an inventory. Well, you don't want to hear that. But... You know, what else are you going to do? Eat? I mean, you know, these seem to be the choices. You have to sort of make these phone calls, read these books, go to these meetings, or eat. Well, I mean, I found it's not a bad bargain. So what was beginning to happen to me, unbeknownst to myself, was that I was beginning to take direction. I was beginning to become a little more teachable. And I feel like in the, in the, using the telephone, you know, they told me to make three phone calls a day. Well, I want you also to know that the food plan was not, I mean, I had a food plan, but following it was not part of my program. And I don't think, I, you know, I had the food plan. I called my, I called my sponsor every day with the food plan. And then I'd have to call her and tell her, you know, what i eaten instead. And, um. You know, for nine months, I just binged horribly. I mean, as badly as I've ever binged, there were just people in those meetings who never wanted to see me and who never wanted me to open my mouth. I mean, I suppose the only thing is I'm here now and they aren't. But, um, you know, they, they could be just still doing very well outside. But the thing was I could work these tools, and that is something I always want to say to everybody that's really important you know, it doesn't say I'm powerless over the telephone. It doesn't say I'm powerless over reading program approved literature. It doesn't say I'm powerless over going to meeting. It says I'm powerless over this substance and, you know, quite power, possibly powerless over some of the, you know, more intractable aspects of my personality. But, you know I can do this thing like lift up the phone and I can answer it and I got phone calls I started receiving calls and it really meant a lot to me you know there was somebody in program who started calling me every day I mean she was kind of wacky but the point is she called me every day to find out how I was doing how's your absence? Well, not. oh well keep coming back you know and the thing was I started making calls And I've begun to find out, I mean, who else can you possibly call and talk about that you're going crazy because you can't figure out, you know, you're going out to, you know, a work function. Should you bring your food or should you perhaps try to eat the food there with everybody? And maybe you'll bring the can of tuna in your bag. You know, what should I do? Um, And that's fine. It's okay. We're the people who understand that. You know, we're the people... Who um, I remember once going away with a, for, for a weekend with somebody that didn't know me very well, and I said, "Well, the first thing I have to say before um, we go away is that I eat three meals at fairly regular times." Oh, okay. Um, but <laughs> like I'm sitting there thinking, you know, for years I couldn't go, I couldn't go away because I was scared about that. So anyway, the telephone is so helpful, and I began to see that somewhere. Um, in the telephone that I was beginning to take steps three, that I was turning over my life and my will without realizing it because I was following these directions, and I was talking to people who made those suggestions. So um, I was seeing that the tools were beginning to help me work the steps. And believe me, I don't think I really took a step two until I became abstinent that that was the thing that allowed me to see that I was that that there was something out there but in the meanwhile I did work all these tools and I could work these tools even though I was having problems with the food and so I want to encourage everybody that no matter where you're at in the program work whatever aspect you can it does not matter you know if if you can't work the food plan, work these others. make the phone calls. It doesn't matter. Don't have to like making them. It's not so bad. you know, make them all in five minutes. you know just calling, making a program call, outreach, you know uh whatever, uh, turn it over um, uh so you know, I think that's fine. Um, so that sort of covers those three and I wanted to talk a little bit about anonymity and um, you know anonymity is our is it they always say anonymity when they talk about the traditions anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these steps ever reminding us to place principles before personalities so I kept on trying to understand great what does it mean that it's the spiritual foundation of all the steps so it's a tradition is it a tool is it what and um you know I began to go back and read the long form of the tradition and you know it turns out that anonymity and principles before personalities isn't really about I have to like everybody or at least I have to ignore their horrible personalities and put the principles of the program above it no it doesn't mean that which is really good Um, What it really means is that it initially came out to protect the fellowship that we as individuals are not important. The principles of the program are what is important. It's the foundation of our unity. What is important in here isn't who I am because I know I am only one thing when I'm here. I'm a compulsive overeater like all of you. And so it doesn't really matter how long I've been in or what I do on the outside, or, you know, whether I'm cute, or, you know, any of those things. It's really irrelevant. What's important is that I am here with you, and I'm just a compulsive overeater. And it also means, it also talked in um, Step 11, uh, Tradition 11 and Tradition 12, that we have to put our personal desires, um, the common good is, greater than our personal desires and it talked about sacrificing which didn't seem you know like a really popular concept but you know that whole thing about um, personal you know recovery depends on OA unity so the reason anonymity is so important is not just to not say and not gossip although that's really a very important part but because it just sort of says we are all here for only one purpose which is to recover and um, that humility means that I give up my natural desire for personal distinction and recognition which is very you know which to say is a very human aspiration but I get to give that up just in order to be a member and I think before I came in here I mean no one no one would ever have even, you know, used the word humble and the word Ella in the same um, paragraph or perhaps on the same day, um, you know, and still it would be a stretch, um, but I think the thing is what did happen is that in this program I was humbled by the fact that people had recovery. You know people who I might not have thought were hip slick and cool or intelligent those people had recovery they helped me Um, at certain points I lived in a much smaller town and I had a I had sponsor you know who really was very very different from me but who gave me so much and I just began to see in this thing in this being a member just being an anonymous member that I was really connected to a lot of people and I could connect to many more people than I thought I could and so you know in the long run just working these tools you know showing up at meetings making these phone calls reading this literature becoming one among many has given me you know just as the previous speaker mentioned so much in order to function not only to give up the food but in order to live a life as a person who actually can be with people and that before I came into OA I was just always on the outside you know thinking I was better than you or worse than you and just You know, I mean, you know, alienated, my God, you know, that was like, oh, yeah, this is just, you know, life sucks, you suck, I suck, oh, it's very bad. So, um, but, but just by doing these simple things and by sticking around for all this time, I really feel as though, you know, I can see all of you and I can smile and I can be really happy and I can you know go up to people that I don't know or I can function in a job because I don't have to be the most important person there so um, I thank you for letting me be here I thank God for OA and for these tools and remember they're just really easy to work so
0: Uh, so our final speaker is Darius.
4: Uh, I'm Darius, Hi, Jim. Hi. Hi. I have a couple pictures in my backpack, and uh, I'm super Um I've been asking for two an and a half years, and my top weight is 433 pounds. So I think everybody sort of broke down the tools um, and I think I'm just going to just give my share. Experience the and hope and sort of combine that with uh, the tools that I use and, and what I find for myself practical and helpful in my day-to-day life. Um, I came to the program five, four, five years ago. Um, and my entire, you know, childhood and whatnot was revolved around eating food. I've been, you know, a overeater from God knows how long. And, uh, you know, my earliest memories all revolve around, you know, you know, I'd be be in elementary school, junior high, high school, and I'd be excited to go play with my friends because we would go and play across the street from fast food restaurant or, you know, there's a donut store nearby. And that's why I wanted to go play basketball, you know, on a Saturday morning, not because I'm getting to hang out with my friends, you know. And that was sort of the pattern that continued all through, like, junior high and high school, you know. Um, I was always fairly, like, social, you know, but, uh, you know, I had this thing with food that just it, it controlled my day-to-day life like it just every day like I had to eat you know and I had to like eat to such an excess that like it would just you know I'd pass out basically you know I mean it would be from morning till night you know somehow figuring out how to get some sort of substance in my body when I needed it <laughs> you know right when those feelings came up um one of the things you know that, that I used to do would be like you know I steal money from my, like, my, my parents And like, you know, I figured out pretty young, like how to like call up the the pizza guy and have a pizza delivered between PCA meetings or something, you know, like have it at the house, eat it and throw away the box and, you know, just get my fix. And, you know, I thought this was normal, you know, like this is what I would do day to day basis, you know, every week, all the time. Um, And, you know, I was living a lot of fear throughout my childhood. You know, there's a lot of abuse in my background and stuff like that. Um, And throughout high school the same sort of patterns like I said developed and I got into college and uh, I was in a relationship with a girl and um, you know it was one of the first times I felt like really connected to somebody and um, I was like you know I was definitely compulsively overeating you know and throughout that time um, up until you know probably you know 16, 17, 18, 19 into high school or into college you know my um I've I heard like you know about different programs you know I never heard about OA but you know like Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, the whole thing and um, for me I just know that I don't have that diet switch like that diet mentality um, and uh, you know I went to a couple of meetings and, and I just didn't relate to anybody there you know and I just there was something about it that I knew like you know I can't just have like a slice of pizza. I can't just have, like, three french fries or something, you know, like, I just can't, I can't do it. I don't have that, like, I don't have that switch, you know, and, uh, you know, it really made me feel hopeless. And, uh, I was in college and I found out about, like, this Liquid Fast program, and that sounded great because it was extreme, you know, like, a perfect addict, black and white thinking, you know, it was like, don't eat, just drink these shakes. And, you know, I did that and I was a 370 70 pounds when I started, and, uh, When I started picking up eating again, I was uh, just under 300 in about four months, you know? And um, during that time, like my hair started falling out. My teeth became brittle. I'd be like walking down the street and I'd like pass out and fall into the bushes, (laughs) you know? And it was like, it was only 500 calories a day, you know? And it was great, you know, because it was like, I didn't have to think about food. I just did these shakes and like, it was fantastic. But something happened. Like one day, all of a sudden I was like eating again you know, one day all of a sudden I was like, you know, I'd go and show up to weigh in and my weight would stay the same. And over that course of the week, maybe I'd like eaten some nuts or something or or whatever. And the doctor was like, that's weird. You know, you've been losing seven pounds a week. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of strange, you know, and then like a week would go by and I've upped the ante a bit and I've had some more food and like there's more bags of food underneath my car seat or whatever. And, uh, and, you know, I was, like, going and weigh in and stuff, like, two, three pounds. And the doctor was, like, that's strange. I'm, like, what the hell's going on, doc? You know, this is weird, you know? And, like, that happened for a few weeks, you know? And then all of a sudden it was, like, boom, you know? I was, like, back in the food. And I put on, like, 100 pounds by about three, four months. Um, and I was, like, doing, like, my best. You know, I was trying my best. I was Darius at his best, you know, his finest. Like, really trying to control it every day. You know, um, one of the things that just popped in my mind, so I'm a little bit nervous. And I'm just kind of fast-forwarding the what it was like but. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember being in, like, high school and embarrassed, like, I was, like, I had a car and, like, I wasn't, like, you know, I wasn't morbidly obese in high school by any means, but, you know, I was definitely bigger and, like, I mean, I broke my car seat, you know what I mean? And just, like, something like that, you know, like, just snapped the metal in my car seat from the way I sat in all the time and the way I got in and the weight I was putting on it, you know, and feeling that embarrassment and that shame, you know, and, like, how that just kind of, you know, it just, that sort of situation, an isolated situation, how it builds and builds and builds and builds, you know, and it just becomes like this endless cycle of just self-hatred for me, you know. Um, so anyway, so I got off that back, put on a bunch of weight, and I was trying my best, and I was still in this relationship with this girl, and she uh, was a nursing major, and she could go to OA, NA, or AA meeting, and uh, she was completely healthy uh, physically, and um, went to an OA meeting and told me about it, you know. And I mean, I had like kind of heard about like, uh, I don't know, you know, like i you know, seen the movies and you hear like, you know, somebody, oh, hi, my name is Bob and I'm alcoholic, you know, and you just kind of had, I had this kind of picture of what it was like, but I had no idea, you know, and she gave me that information, you know, and I said, thank you and kept trying to diet and kept trying to every other day was a Monday, you know, and uh, every day, you know, and uh, basically what happened was, you know, like I found out I live in San Francisco and I found out um, where a century meeting was and that's, you know, a hundred pounders meeting. Um, And I went to that meeting, you know, and that was the scariest thing that I've ever done because I don't remember who talked. I don't remember what people said. All I remember was like everybody in that room, like knew my secrets around food and that just freaked, freaked me out. You know, like I see, I mean, just like looking out in this room now, you know, I'm sure like everybody's got something, you know, similar, like eating food out of the garbage can, not being able to stop eating, like, you know, the amount of, you know, just hating yourself, going from eating, like, three dinners, you know, just all this stuff that people said that I had never heard before in my entire life. It was always like, I'll give you $100 if you get straight A's and lose weight. You know what I mean? Like, I'll give you this if you can lose some weight. I'll give you that, you know. Why don't you lose weight? Where's your willpower? Why don't you lose weight? What's wrong with you? You know, don't you want to look handsome? All this kind of stuff, you know my entire life and like if that would have worked it would have worked (laughs) here the first few times you know not like the last you know 15 years um you know and this was a place where i just heard like all this you know these people talking that had my secrets you know and i didn't go back to the meeting for at least six months a year i don't even remember (laughs) you know it just scared the hell out of me you know but what i do remember i remember where that meeting was i remembered what time it was i remembered like sort of just you know the general kind of how I felt afterward, you know, and that was just burning into my mind, you know, and I went back to that meeting, you know, and, uh, and that was the first time that I really took some steps towards loving myself again, you know, and, uh, it was really a powerful movement. Um, for the next two months, I kept going to meetings and, uh, you know, that's all I could do, you know, and meetings really, like, helped me to connect with people. I would go, like, one meeting a week, sometimes twice a week, and I'd sit in the back row and I had like my big coat on and my hat over my head and just kinda of listen and didn't want to talk to anybody and I'd leave right afterward. But it was the only safe hour in my day essentially, you know, that like <laughs> I mean I would eat before and I'd eat afterward, but I didn't you know, have the ball to eat during. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, it was the only time during the day that like it just it, it gave me some sort of like strength to know that there's like hope here, you know, and it just really felt like, you know, like yeah, this is like there's a solution here. Um after a couple months, I asked somebody to be my sponsor. I heard somebody who said, you know, what I wanted was somebody, a guy who lost a lot of weight. Like, I didn't, I mean, I heard people talk about the stats. I heard people talking about, you know, spirituality and this, all this stuff. And, like, I didn't care. I just wanted somebody who lost a lot of weight. And, uh, turns out that guy <laughs> works the stats and reads <laughs> the big book and does everything, you know, so, you know. I I don't think there's a story yet in the big book of somebody who's gotten recovered that doesn't work the steps and doesn't work the tools and doesn't have a sponsor and doesn't go to meetings and doesn't have a food plan or stay absent. It it doesn't exist at this point, I guess. But, um, you know, so that was like one of the first things I did, you know, because I didn't know how to work this program. I don't know how to do a four-step or first step. I don't know what the steps are. I didn't know what my spirituality is like. I just know I couldn't stop eating, you know, and there's somebody that would take my phone calls every day. You know, and for the next, like, two years, you know, I took every suggestion that he gave me, and um, I really tried my best. You know, I tried Darius' best, you know, and uh, I basically lied to him almost every day for two years. (laughs) Um, You know, I would call in. You know, I got, immediately I got on a food plan, and, you know, it was basically sort of like a common sense. Like, it was like, well, what do you do? And, you know, his was, you know, three meals a day, no sugar, nothing in between, Uh, you know, your last bite before you take the first. And then there's like, you know, other things that, doesn't, you know, that, that I don't eat, you know, like common sense things, you know, for me that, you know, that I can't stop eating, you know, pizza, fast food, fried thing. I mean, just, you know, things with shovels, <laughs> it's like, you know, just things like that, you know. Um So that was, so I got a food plan, you know, it was like, I wasn't really arguing about it, it just made sense, you know, and, um, you know, what I started doing was I started calling in my food, you know. And basically, like I said, I'm lying to him every day and, you know, I had these great meals that I should have been having and thought it was going to happen, never had, you know. Um, and I started doing service, you know, and he was like, go set up, you know, chairs at a meeting. I'll go to, there's a big meeting in San Francisco Friday night and I get there at 6 o'clock and I set up 100 chairs. And then I'd go and get dinner with other guys in the program and then come back and go to the meeting. And, you know, I did that for a good year, year and a half. Um, Doing that kind of service at you know other meetings as well um and showing up and then you know i I did a 90 and 90 which really got me connected to the program and that's you know 90 meetings in 90 days and um that really helped with just like making a commitment to like you know myself and just like making a commitment to like you know i took time every day to kill myself with food <laughs> i could take an hour every day to go to a meeting you know what i mean like it's just for me you know like that's just you know the disease i have i know you know I could share a little bit more about it but I know it'll kill me you know I, I've had that ex- close experience with that um, one of the things that really helped um, immediately was getting you know a big book and getting a 12 and 12 and the literature um, you know I went through the first 164 pages of my sponsor and underlined the passages that like I felt you know connected with or maybe I had questions about and we'd meet every week for a couple months and go through all those passages you know and uh, that really just got me taking action, you know, and got me doing reverse action than I had been doing. Um, and that really helped me just, you know, getting a sense of, like, you know, I had a lot of arguments, you know. I had a lot of arguments about, like, I'm not powerless over food. My life isn't unmanageable. I'm doing okay. I don't need – I'm not an addict, for God's sake, no. You know, um, I had, like, these great grand arguments. And meanwhile, I can't stop eating on I'm 400-plus pounds, you know. Um <laughs> It's a hard, it's a hard argument. You know, I would have been good on the debate team, that's for sure. Um, You know, one of the things that really also helped me was the phone. You know, I made a lot of phone calls. You know, I had other people in the program that I could reach out and talk to and call. Um, So basically for those two years, you know, it was a situation where I was trying to use a lot of the tools, you know, and I was trying my best, you know, and I wasn't like really working the steps. I didn't have a connection to higher power. I was really just kind of like, just self-will run by it, you know, and one of the things, you know, that if there's anything that I can say today is that uh, A is like, just keep coming back, you know, because it it takes what it takes, you know, and like, it doesn't matter, but if you're not coming to meetings, you're not gonna get recovered. Like you gotta keep coming back. It's just, you know, there's no recovery in front of your television. It's not gonna happen, you know? Um, The other thing is, you know, I had to learn that the tools are the tools and they're not necessarily my spiritual part of my program or the, and they're not you know they're not the steps you know they're the tools you know and there's like the other aspects of the program as well that everything combined really gives me the ability you know to have maybe an accident day a shot at having an accident day you know so basically what happened for me is you know um it got to a point where you know i was clean for a couple of weeks and i ended up binging And uh, from that binge, I ended up in the hospital and uh, spent a week in the hospital. My gallbladder became gangrenous and embedded in my liver. And, um, you know, spent a week in the hospital. And three months later, I'm binging again on the same food that put me in the hospital, right? And, like, I'm complaining and arguing that I'm not powerless over this food, you know? I'm not powerless over this disease, you know? And, um, you know, that was a really scary time, you know? That was a really scary time. And all throughout it, I made a commitment to myself that I was gonna at least keep going to meetings, you know. And I don't know why or how, you know, I can't explain that, you know, other than it was just like if I'm gonna kill myself every day, like I said, I'm gonna take at least an hour to get some to meeting, you know, and I go to five, six meetings a week. Um, and that just really kept me in the rooms and connected, you know. And I would leave during meetings, like in the middle if there was a break and I go outside and cry and be really upset, like, why can't I get it? Why can't I get this program? What's wrong with me, you know? And um You know, something happened where I got, I don't, I can't, you know, it's hard for me to explain, but I just got honest, you know. I just got really honest and just had to, I got down on my hands and knees. I prayed to God. I let go of my will, and I just called my sponsor up, you know. I said, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't fight this anymore. Just tell me what to do. And once I did that and once I got really honest is when things really shifted, you know. And that's where I found that, like, you know the way the program that I work is I use a lot of the tools every day, and uh, it's amazing to me how much little time I put into using the tools and the gifts that I get from that. You know, I mean it's absolutely incredible. You know, um, I read the Big Book, I work the steps, I'm nine step right now. Um, you know, both those things have gotten me connected spiritually and allowed me to turn things over. I call in all my meals. I'm honest. <laughs> You know, I'm honest with my food. Um, you know, I have my food plan. Um, I write 10 steps, you know. Um, I do service at meetings. I call people. Um, I sponsor. I have a sponsor. Um, thank you, Ella, for talking about anonymity. I don't really still understand exactly what it means. <laughs>
1: um,
4: you know, and these are, like, all the tools that I, I mean, they're, you know, it's the tools. and I use them every day, and the tools help me to stay absent, you know. Um, and one of the things I found is that, like, just by, doing this service and by like just getting on my hands and even praying for higher power. Like I don't know what my higher power is. I have no clue. It's a power greater in myself that loves me unconditionally, you know, and that works. You know, I'm not arguing with it, you know. And um, by doing that and by asking God for strength and guidance and by like going and like when something happens, you know, it's like I call my sponsor up right when I get accident, I'm having a really difficult time. It's like do some writing, make a phone call, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm like, Christ, okay and I do this action and slowly things shift and change. And so the amazing thing is now, like today, you know, just talk about what's going on is like um, things start happening more automatically than it than I I can't I can't even imagine you know if I wasn't in program you know what I mean like if I hadn't done sort of like taken that advice if I hadn't had a sponsor if I wasn't going to meetings if I didn't have a food plan you know if I didn't read the literature if I didn't do service I mean like all of it. You know if I didn't do that stuff I wouldn't be able to just do it on that today to have a shot of just being absent today you know it just makes a really big difference um you know I do a lot of writing I make phone calls you know when something's going on instead of like I gotta go get my fix it's like okay I gotta pray I gotta write I gotta call my sponsor you know and like by doing those loving actions towards myself it's like they're all spiritually based because this is not Darius this is not me this is not what I'm this is not what I do This is not what I have done, you know? And just to have a shot at doing that is an amazing gift, you know? I mean, it's an absolutely amazing gift, Um, you know? And really, the only way that it got to this point was just being able to show up and be honest, you know? I mean, like, lying and trying to control and all that, you know, bottom line, it wasn't hurting anybody else but myself, you know? My sponsor doesn't, I mean, my sponsor doesn't care if I'm, like, calling in, like, Big Macs or if I'm calling in, you know, salad, you know, it's not, he's not eating it, you know, it's not affecting him, it's affecting me, you know, and it's like, if I call in and be honest, it's like, hey, what's going on? You know, here's some suggestions. Here's a way to like get out of yourself. Here's a way to get out of the stew, you know what I mean, that you're in. And um, that really helps. Um, today, the tools I use, like I said, it's pretty much, you know, all encompassing. Um, I find that, you know, depending on what's going on, there's certain tools that I use more or less of, you know. Um, There's people that I talk to on a consistent basis in the program that's just like, hey, man, what's going on? You know, and I found that, like, I can just call somebody and just say, yeah, I'm just making a call, and then, like, half the time, they'll talk the entire time anyway. I don't have to really say anything, but it helps to just reach out, you know? Or, like, you know, I do some writing, you know, and uh, inventories, 10 steps are really helpful for me. Um, I'm in a relationship right now that I want to end, and I have a lot of fear about that. I have a lot of, like, you know, just fear that's going on about breaking up and, and taking this action. And, you know, I got honest you know, with my sponsor. I told him what's going on with everything. And it's like, well, you know, I've been writing 10 steps all week. I've been praying about it all week. I've been calling people and talking to people all week. I mean, it's just really practical stuff that the tools use in my day to day life that affect my absence, you know? I mean, like, that's a hard thing being in relationships, you know? Being absent is a difficult thing. And when I use the tools to to, to help me survive in this relationship, it just keeps me connected, you know? And it's just like, it's it's just a really good feeling, you know, it's a clean feeling because I know that I'm working towards the light as opposed to the darkness, you know. Um, and, you know, I mean, I wrote like, you know, a letter and I just, I, it just got me really honest and connected and like really like just focused into what's going on, you know, and by me just calling up my sponsor and, or calling up some new program and just running my mouth without really like sitting there and being focused on it and writing about it and being diligent, uh, you know. I wouldn't get to the bottom of other things that are going on writing just unravels a lot of other stuff that I don't even know is there half the time um so I think my time is pretty much up uh sorry if I was all over the place but but all the tools basically um I think uh well I mean this program saved my life (laughs) you know and without working the tools and without being absent you know uh, I wouldn't be here literally. So, you know, I'm just really grateful to this program. So, thank you.
0: The meeting is now open for three-minute pitches. Please limit your sharing to three minutes and confine your share to your experience, strength, and hope on the topics discussed today. Also, all participants Participants must sign the tape release form. Uh, Please sign up before you pitch. And the session ends at 11.15, so it looks like we have about 12 minutes. And it's open.
5: Hi, my name is Marie Louise and I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm coming here from Santa Rosa, California um, I am very grateful to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous and have been for I think about 16 years and the, the second thing I'm very grateful for is that I he, I hear every time I go to a meeting keep coming back because in the in my careers I always caught on really fast and got scars and um and as soon as i that's why I'm a compulsive worker, and I did that really well uh but as soon as I got home, I thought, Wow, the feelings came up, so I just worked harder and I got stars for it, and I thought oh, that's I'm really winning at life, but I really didn't know what how to do life so uh, one of the greatest gifts to me has been the honesty I heard in the program. I mean, my jaw dropped at those meetings. And I am, after being 16 years in way, I uh, realized a few months ago for sure that I cannot do this alone. And um, that's why I like Roseanne's. Prayer. I put my hand in yours and I picture myself holding on to this circle of our tribe and the other hand to my higher power. And I'm finally, because truly, as we read in our uh, literature, I was loved until I learned to love myself. And I'm getting to that now. So I'm loving myself enough to accept myself and and knowing that I'm not perfect that was a real tough thing to overcome and so I'm finally willing to have discipline again because it was so drilled into me and I thought I had to be a free spirit and I'm not going to have anybody tell me anything Because my mantra, I finally have paid attention to what I'm thinking deep down. It's so ingrained. Since I was four years old, I don't need anyone. I can do this alone. I'm not trusting. I'm capable. Well, you know, so putting anything else in there isn't working. So now I'm grateful to... I'm so ready to make phone calls and be honest about what I'm eating and uh, go to meetings and, and, and it's just such a wealth of information I've been to conventions before and I thought well maybe that would work for me but oh god I can't do it um, now I know I can do it and I don't have to do it perfectly and if I only do three calls in one day hell that's a whole lot better than what it was and my priority is to find out who I really am and you know all along I I'm such an extrovert I hear myself think what's going on so by myself I'm no good I just stick up here and you know what that's like it gets very muddy up there so then it's just the old mantra so I'm just grateful I don't have to do it perfectly. I get to take what I like and I don't criticize the rest. But sometimes I can only take on so much. That's part of that imperfection that is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. I thank you all very, very much.
6: Hi, my name is Bill. I'm a compulsive overeater. I I really like the tool. I like the tool of anonymity because it's the uh, spiritual foundation of all these uh, traditions. It's the only tool that's mentioned in the traditions, and it happens to be mentioned 12 times, anonymity or anonymous. It's really kind of interesting. Uh, One little thing about remembering the tools for me is there are two words. One is Walt, like Disney, Walt, W-A-L-T, and Mass, like Massachusetts. But uh, Walt is, you know, writing, anonymity, literature, and the telephone and masses, meetings, a plan of eating, and service and sponsorship. So if that helps you, that's fine. The uh, thing I like about anonymity is you put your mask up the door. You know, whoever you are, whatever your position in life out there, you leave it out there. You know, the reason we come here is because we all have this thing in common. We're compulsive over eaters, and that's so damned important. You know, and they come in here and talk about it. The first meeting I came to about 19 and a half years ago, the fellow who was leading the meeting was talking about eating a half a gallon of ice cream and crying into the container because he couldn't stop eating. And when I heard that, I said, I'm home. I'm home because I've done it. He wasn't talking about exchanges. They weren't talking about legumes. They weren't talking about all these other things I'm an expert on. They were talking about crying into the container. And getting back to the anonymity, and I'll close, there's only one person who is not an anonymous or whatever and that's uh, Roseanne she's very very special but the rest of us you know we're all just little Indians in this group and, and I'm glad it, I usually stand outside and to walk around and try to find something to do and I don't usually come in to hear the talk the speakers but today I did obviously I'm here and I really enjoyed you guys thank you a lot.
7: Hi, my name is Connie, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi. Hi. very nice to be here. Uh, I came into program, it'll be 17 years ago on August 1st, and a a very hot day in Boston. And uh, I like to tell uh, the story that what brought me into program was a uh, a very, uh, uh, an experience of convincing myself, rationalizing to myself, which is one of my, um, definitely one of my character defects, that... um, that on this very, very hot day, hot month in Boston, that people were, would want to come over to my house and eat home-baked muffins. And so I baked, uh I remember it was a, uh, these little mini muffins. There were 38 of them in a package. And I had convinced myself that people would be, you know, coming over to eat them. And you all know what happened. And I ate every one of them. And uh, somehow in the middle of that day of, you know, 95 degrees and 95% humidity is sitting alone in my kitchen in, in a very large t-shirt eating these muffins that, that something happened in which it was as though I was watching a movie of myself and, and the, the camera backed away and all of a sudden I saw myself doing this and, um, uh, and something broke through my denial and that's what brought me here. And I've and I've stayed through uh, lots of changes and working a perfectly imperfect program. And I guess I just I really want to thank the speakers for um, for just sort of bringing us back to the to the elemental reason that we're here, um, which is that we have a desire to stop eating compulsively. That's why we're here. Um, That we have the desire. It doesn't necessarily mean we have the willingness every moment. Um, but we have the desire, and that's why I've kept coming back. Not that I haven't eaten compulsively in this program, I have, but I've had the desire to stop eating compulsively, and it's brought me back. And the tools, I feel like when I'm when I'm um, uh, when I'm willing to work the tools of this program, then I get an, what a friend of mine in Boston used to call the smidgen of willingness that you need uh, to uh, you know to pick up the phone instead of picking up the food. You know, to, uh, in, instead of doing that old habit of hand-to-mouth, the, the smidgen of willingness, uh, instead of the smidgen of food. Um, so I just want to thank everybody on the panel for your, for your honesty, for telling the truth about your experience, and also that this is, this is a simple program. It's a simple program. It's not an easy program. And, um, and, uh, and just sharing with each other the desire to stop eating compulsively, that's, there's a tremendous amount of power in that. Thank you.
0: it's now time to close this session let's thank our speaker again.
1: and Uh,
0: Please stand where you are, and after a moment of silence, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can,
1: and the wisdom to know the difference.
7: Keep coming back. It works.
1: (laughs)
6: i do that.